Welcome to The Common Cleric, the show that uses common words to talk about uncommon things. I'm Jeremiah Wilson, and today we are talking about the promised land. One of the things I have seen resurface during this COVID-19 pandemic is American Christians posting on social media something along the lines of, all we need to do as a nation is return to God on bended knee and all this will be over. The idea is that we as a nation have drifted away from God and if we would just go back to Him, all would be okay. While I agree that we should bring our burdens to Christ, after all Matthew eleven twenty eight says, come to me all who are burdened, while I agree with that, I disagree with the notion that America needs to quote-unquote, return. The word return gives the idea that we were once before God on Bidendi and have since turned our back. To me, when I see these sentiments, it seems almost biblical, if you will. It almost has the connotation that we, America, are God's chosen people. Right now, I'm preaching from 1 Peter with my church. Peter masterfully illustrates and depicts what Easter morning means for Christians post-Easter. If you are interested, go listen to the Sunday special for April 26th. Uh, I missed April 19th because of technical issues. Uh, But on April 19th, I preached from 1 Peter 1 verses 3 through 9. I wasn't able to record that sermon for the podcast, so I want to touch on this idea that's found in verse 4. In verse 4 Peter says, I have been born or it says we have been born again through the resurrection of Jesus Christ to an inheritance. If you saw the va- Facebook video through the church's Facebook, uh, you heard some of this already, but I want to expound on it with a little bit more freedom. As I stated earlier, America is not God's chosen people. That title is reserved for two groups of people, and only one of them is a nation, and that's the nation of Israel. In Genesis chapter 12, God called Abraham, then Abram, to leave his country and go to the land he would be shown. God promises to make him a great nation, and his name would be great. The nation that would come from him would be the nation of Israel. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 7, God shows him the land of Canaan and says, To your offspring I will give this land. Here, we begin to see the idea of an inheritance for God's chosen people unfolding in Scripture. Abraham and the subsequent nation of Israel was promised a land. They were literally promised an inheritance. They were promised this because God had chosen them for himself. He had made them his people. They were promised a place that would be flowing with milk and honey. This inheritance would be bountiful in providing for them and would make them prosperous. They could thrive independent from the nations around them. They would not have to cut deals with surrounding nations just to keep afloat. They would not have to rely on anyone other than their God, or other than God, for sustenance and prosperity. But they were also promised a land where they could be autonomous from other powers. 
This inheritance would allow them to worship Yahweh, God, and God alone. They would not have to worry about worshiping or paying homage to any local deity other than Yahweh because they wouldn't be under the rule and the authority of any other people. God promised this inheritance because he had selected Israel to be a people of his own choosing. We see this throughout the Old Testament. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 7, God made a covenant with Abraham to be his and his offspring's God. In Exodus chapter 6, verse 7, God says he will take them as his people and they will take him as their God. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 28, you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. What God wanted and was establishing here was an exclusive relationship. They would only worship him and they would reap the benefits of being his chosen people. The nation of Israel is the only nation to be promised these benefits. They were the only nation singled out and hand-selected by God himself. They were the forefathers, the foundation, if you will, of what would come later in history. The nation of Israel was setting the stage so that the rest of time, so that the rest of history could understand the inheritance that Peter talks about in 1 Peter 1, verse 4. The second group of people described as God's chosen people in Scripture are believers as a whole. Later in 1 Peter uh, 2, verse 9, Peter writes, But you, that is Christians, born-again believers, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. These words should spark all kind of signals in your head. They should remind you of the promises given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This was, after all, Peter's intention. He wanted his readers to immediately think of the promises given to the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. It's at this point I want to redirect our attention back to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-4. through 4. Verses 3-4 through 4 says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. As Christians, we are born again. We are born of the Spirit. According to Romans chapter 8, verse 14, we are children of God. And as children, we have an inheritance. However, our inheritance is unlike that of the Israelites. Our inheritance is not an earthly land. We are not promised an earthly land flowing with milk and honey. We are not promised an earthly land that will make us prosperous. We're not promised an earthly land where we will have political autonomy from the nations around us. We born-again believers are not promised this because we are not a nation of people. Christians do not belong to a single nation. Rather, we are dispersed. There are people of all tribes, all tongues, and all nations that are born-again believers. And Peter recognizes this. His first letter is written to the exiles of the dispersion. 
the churches, or the church that is scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Born-again believers are God's chosen people, and they do have an inheritance, but it is kept in heaven, as he says in verse 4. Our inheritance is beyond anything that we could expect here on earth. It is imperishable, it is undefiled, and it is unfading. The description of the inheritance is important. The inheritance of the nation of Israel, the inheritance the nation of Israel received was none of these things. Their leaders were constantly defiling the land. They constantly led the people astray and down the wrong roads. Those wrong roads led the people into captivity. The decisions made by the kings of Israel led them into exile. The inheritance that they were given was defiled. It faded away, and in some ways it perished. But the inheritance that believers receive does not fade. It cannot be defiled, and it will not perish. These things will not happen because the leader, Christ himself, is perfect. He is guarding this inheritance that is in heaven. He's guarding it like the kings of Israel should have done, but he's doing it perfectly. He will not lead us astray. He will not lead us into exile, and therefore the inheritance that is in heaven is secure. This is what brings me to my major point. I have a problem with American Christians treating America as if we are the chosen people of God. I feel like too often we read God's promises to Abraham and think God is promising us a land. I feel like sometimes uh, we think God has chosen America, not the Old Testament Israelites as God's chosen people. That he has chosen our founding fathers, not Abraham, to make a covenant relationship with. One of the biggest problems with this line of thought is America is not a theocracy. A theocracy is a system of government which, in which priests rule in the name of God. The nation of Israel was a theocracy for the most part. Uh, sometimes their kings did what the kings wanted to do, but for the most part, the kings led and ruled how uh, God wanted them to. In a theocracy, the deity is the supreme ruling authority. Everyone abides by the law and the command of that deity. America is not a theocracy. We are not governed by the laws and the command of God. Rather, we are self-governed. We elect our own leaders based on ideals and values that they have. While some people have ideals and values that somewhat align with Scripture, others do not. America is known as a melting pot. I know everyone is reminded of middle school or high school history class when I said that America is a melting pot. Uh, America is full of all kinds of different people with all kinds of views and values and opinions. We cannot force anyone to think or believe a certain way. In fact, for Christians, that is the very opposite of what we want. In order to be born again, you have to make that choice. It can't be shoved down your throat. It is for this reason that America is not the ultimate promised land. There is absolutely no telling who will be in office next year or four years after that. 
Our leaders are prone to lead us down destructive paths. Their their decisions may mean that one day America ceases to exist. America is not found in the Bible. Only the heavenly promised land or promised inheritance is. And that's for born-again believers. We can't just, quote, return, and quote, to God on bended knee and all this will be fine because we can't return because we as a nation, as America, we were never chosen above all others. We can't return to something if we never belonged in that position to begin with. Now, I know some some of you have a, have a pushback that is, well, America was founded as a Christian nation. And that's a debate for another day, maybe another podcast, if I so choose. Uh, but even if you believe that, you have to recognize the freedoms granted in the Bill of Rights give people the right to practice whatever religion they want. The First Amendment says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. This includes those who don't believe in the God of Christians. In America, all people have the right to exercise whatever religion they so choose, and we cannot force them to accept Christianity. We'll be back. America is good and all, but we will never be perfect. We make some great choices, and other times we make some really bad choices. America is not the only nation with Christians. We are not the only place on earth that has a faithful remnant. We as Christians must be careful about our veneration of ourselves as God's chosen people, because that is looking at all other believers everywhere else in the world and telling them that they have missed out on the promised land. For some, America does not meet up to expectations. For some, America falls short of being the place where hopes and dreams come true. Therefore, America is not the place God is preparing an inheritance. Christianity at large is God's chosen people. Born-again believers will receive an inheritance that is in heaven. As Peter says in 1 Peter 1, it is in this that we, born-again believers, should be placing our joy and hope in. It is in heaven that all will be made perfect and all will be made whole. Let us all look forward or look toward that coming promise. Thanks for listening to The Common Cleric. Before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. And you know, do the social media thing. Share so your friends can join in on the conversation as well. Until next time, this is The Common Cleric.